The following teaching is brought to you by Crosspoint Church. For sermon notes and other resources, visit go to crosspoint.com. What's up, Crosspoint Church? Good to be, good to be, no, fired up today. You started throwing stuff at me if I screw this up. Settle down, Jason, just, just chill out. Let me get this ready. Good to be with you guys here today. I'm stoked to, to be here. Uh, we were at that thing last night, but I'm, I'm thankful for Pastor Steve, thankful for you guys at Crosspoint Church. You guys are helping us to see the mission of Regeneration Church in Ocean Beach be fulfilled. Our mission statement there is that we long to see the people of Ocean Beach transformed by the power and the presence of Jesus. We believe it's Jesus that's going to change somebody's life, not me, not the church, not a building, not anything that I'm going to say or do. It's the Jesus and the presence of Jesus. And the beautiful thing is that that presence is with us here today. The presence of Jesus is right here. So, so who's excited to be in church today? Amen. Amen. So we, we, we thank you for that. We're, we're pushing back that darkness in OB. We're storming the gates of hell. Um, and you guys are helping us to do that. So give yourself a round of applause real quick here. <clears throat> today we're going to be unpacking a spicy little piece of scripture. Hopefully you're still, hopefully you're still in 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, again, I'm reading out the ESV translation. I screwed everything up for you guys. It's not the normal translation. But whatever you're reading, it should be very, very similar to whatever I'm going to read here. Second Kings, there's a prophet named Elijah. Actually, prophet named Elisha has taken over for the prophet named Elijah. He's doing great and mighty things for the Lord, healing people, preaching the gospel message. Not really preaching the gospel message. It's preaching the message of salvation. They don't have the gospel quite fulfilled yet like you and I would have in the New Testament. But he's, he's, he's preaching, he's teaching, he's, he, he's healing, he's doing all these great and mighty things. Uh, and, and he's really t- he's pointing these people, these lost people, these people that were supposed to be saved, these people that were supposed to be following the Lord. He's trying to pull them back into where they should be. Uh, but Second Kings, we're not even going to talk about the people of Israel so much. We're going to talk about this outsider that has his world completely turned upside down. I'm just going to go verse for verse through Second uh, Kings 5 here so you can just follow along with me. Chapter 1, chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read the same verse um, that was read just a minute ago. It says this, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master in high favor. Because of him, the Lord had given him victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. But he was a leper. And here in 1 Kings, or in the first, the first verse, chapter 5, here, we get a bit of a resume of this fella named Naaman. And listen, his, his resume is impeccable. Like his resume is, is, is lights out. Commander of the army of the king of Syria, a great man who, who is boss, the king, admire. He receives high favor. And because of him, the Lord, check this out, the Lord blesses a pagan man with victory. Gives Syria, who's not a, not a nation that's following the, the Lord at all, but, but because of who Naaman is, the Lord is giving victory to these people named Syria. On top of that, he was a mighty man of valor. And those are words that the Bible doesn't just kind of throw out there to anybody. A mighty man of valor is only reserved for a few, very few select people in the Bible. But here, Naaman, Naaman has this title. Everything about our boy Naaman here shouts success. Everything we read about him, we're like, man, this guy is just killing it. It's, it's, it's lights out. You get a resume like this, man, any job you want, it's yours. You show them your resume, they'll, they'll read it one time. They're not calling, the, they're not calling your, who, what are the people you put down for, for reference? They're not calling your references. They're not checking where you're, you're past. They're just, they're like, get, get this dude in here. I mean, hands down, Naaman is killing at church. Five-star general, very successful in battle, highly respected and regarded in society with all the right people because of his accomplishments. But, everybody say but. 
But no matter how good he was, no matter how well-respected he was, no matter all the battles that he might have won, no matter how eloquent and how articulate, no matter how good he was and all the good that he had accomplished, listen, church, he had one thing that none of his accomplishments, none of his accolades, none of his power, none of his wealth could ever fix or change or remove from his life. And that's that last line right there. But he was a leper. And leprosy in, the, in, in Bible times is a skin disease. It's incurable, it's debilitating, it's contagious. And then what it would do is it would spread slowly throughout your body. And it was, it, at, towards the end of leprosy, your fingers might start falling off, your toes might start falling off, your nose might fall off, your ears might fall off, like your appendages, because you can't feel them anymore. They just start to, to fall off. So it would, just, it, would, it would just wreck your appearance. It would wreck you inside. It would wreck you physically. It would wreck you spiritually. It would just do all these things to you. And eventually it would lead to death. There was no cure for leprosy in that day. Nothing, if you got leprosy, you were, you were done, right? Nothing could fix it. Nothing could cure it. And all of Naaman's accolades could not diminish or overshadow him being a leper. This was his identity, and this is who people thought of first and foremost. This is what people thought of first and foremost when they heard the name Naaman. But he was a leper. That was his label. That's, that's what he was seen as. That was his fate in life. And listen, there was nothing he could do to hide it. Nothing he could do to hide it. At this stage in, in, in Naaman's life, there was nothing he could do to hide it. And you ever, you ever find yourself trying to hide your sin in church or maybe try to hide your sin in the right circle of people? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Just kind of hide it. I'll just, put, I'll just kind of dress myself. Like it's pretty easy to show up here on Sunday morning and kind of hide all the problems that we got going on in our lives. Amen? But I'll, just put, I'll just, just put my shirt on. I'll, I'll iron it. I'll put a crease in my pants in the right place. I'll, I'll do my hair just right. Uh, put on a little extra makeup for you ladies. Or maybe you'll put on those two-inch little eyelashes that everybody's wearing right now. And I'll just hide everything there. For the teens here today, I'll just use a little bit of extra Axe body spray. And I, nobody will know. Nobody will know the problem that's going on. Every, it's pretty easy and it's pretty, it's pretty common for us to mask some sin. Just dress it up a little bit and you can hide a ton of things. And really, we joke about this, but listen to me here, here church. Really, this is the problem with most of us in the church. Right? We're too busy and we're, too, we're spending too much time and too much energy on hiding our sin instead of confessing it. Right? We're too busy hiding our sin and just putting it over here and just dressing it up a little bit instead of confessing our sin. Might get a little bit too real in here for y'all, for some of y'all here today. But listen to me. Make some eye contact with me here, church. We are too busy trying to hide our sin and cover up our sin instead of confessing our sin. And here we will never find freedom. Here we will never break the chains. Here we will keep the Lord at a distance. And here we will be, able, we will be unable to transform our lives because we can't do it anyway. Only the Lord can do it. And as long as I keep pushing him away and as long as I keep uh, hiding my sin, as long as I keep everything hidden, God can't work in my life. God can't move in my life. That's not, that's not the gospel message, church. We don't hide our sin. We don't cover up our sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to cleanse, our, cleanse us from our sin, to, 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 to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, if we will dare to confess our sins, instead of hiding it, instead of putting it over here, instead of just coming to church and everybody's just telling everybody, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But inside you are a wreck. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what that word all means in the Greek? All. It means all. All of it. There, listen, there is no sin that is bigger than the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no sin that Jesus Christ cannot forgive in your life, right? There's nothing there, but it's in confession that we find victory. It's in confession that we find freedom. It's in vulner vulnerability that we defeat the enemy. Most of us need to stop dressing up and covering our sin, and most of us need to start bringing our sin to the altar and killing it, church. 
Lay it down here at your altar. Don't take it home with you. Don't, don't hide it. Don't, 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 don't worry about what everybody else in this church is thinking about. Come up here, get prayed for, confess it, and then move forward in your life. Amen? Right? It's in confession that we find freedom and victory church. Um, and I'm saying this, and I might yell a little bit loud here today because, listen, I'm not interested in playing church. I'm interested in encountering the living God in this place. I pray that's why you came here today, not to listen to me. I'm a joker, dude. I'm just a, I'm just a bum that gets to stand up here and yell to you guys for 45 minutes. Right? I pray you came here to encounter the living God, the God that sets the captive free, the God that heals, the God that binds your wounds, the God that puts marriages back together. I pray that the Lord will break some chains in this place here today. So, he, so here's the deal. What happens, what happens, though, when you can't, you've been hiding your sin, but what happens when you can't hide that sin anymore? What happens when that sin is so overtaking your life that no matter what you try to do, you can't hide it anymore? What happens when our sin has so overtaken our lives that even in our best efforts, we can't mask it, we can't cover up that sin anymore or that struggle or that hang-up or whatever it is that God is bringing to your mind right now? Well, that's where we find our boy Naaman. But he was a leper. He can't hide it. He can't, he can't just tuck it away. It goes with him everywhere. He goes, he was a great and mighty man with a great resume, but he was a leper. There was something so wrong that it messed up everything that was so right in his life. Something so wrong with him that it was messing up everything that was so right in his life. And many of us have found ourselves right here. Many of us have found ourselves here over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Right? Just that one thing slowly killing us and robbing us of the abundant life that the Lord Jesus came to give us. That one thing that keeps you back here instead of being up here. That one thing that keeps you from being known to all these people that are around you. That one thing that keeps you from walking in freedom and victory. That one thing, church. And we all got that one thing. Amen? Like in my life, man, on the outside, on paper, my life looked pretty good. Like if I, I sent you my resume, my life looked pretty good. I was born in the promised land of Dallas, Texas. Not quite what I was expecting there, but maybe some amens would have been good, but whatever you got, whatever you got, right? Had some loving parents, middle-class family, not too rich, but we, get, we, we were never in need. I never had to worry about who's paying the bills or where the clothes would come, come from. I was blessed to be athletic. I was blessed beyond belief with good looks and charm, amen? <laughs> I'll say amen for you right there. College-educated, college-educated, future looked bright. I mean, it was going, things were going well for your boy. But one small thing, one small thing turned into a big thing. Man, I liked to drink me some alcohol. And I didn't just like to drink it. I loved to drink it. In fact, drinking alcohol pretty soon took over my entire life. Like, I could hide it for a while. I could tuck it over here for a while. But after a while, for a year or two, three years, man, there was no way I was hiding this. I thought I was hiding it, uh, but I wasn't hiding Anything, that, took, that thing, that one thing took me down further than I ever thought I would ever go. That one thing brought more heartache and pain to my family, to myself, to everybody around me than we ever dreamed or ever imagined. One thing that was so wrong that it messed up everything that was so right, church. One thing. One thing. And look, I know this is Crosspoint Church, and most of y'all got it all together in here today, right? <laughs> right? And when I'm not, I'm not an OB where I can just look out and be like, whoa, it's, it's, it's a whole different story. And it'll be. But look, underneath all the costumes, underneath all the masks, underneath all the clothes and nice clothes that y'all got on here today, all y'all got something. Amen? And all y'all is just texting for everybody, right? Everybody's got something. We all got a little bit of leprosy on us. All of us got some leprosy. Church, it might not be visible right now. You might not, it, it might not be known to the person that's sitting right next to you. It might not be known by anybody else in this church. But you know it. You know exactly 
what it is. You, 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 you've, you've done a good job of hiding it, but when you get home, when you lay your head down, your, your head down to sleep at night, there it is. There's that one thing. And so what is that one thing in your life, Cross Point Church, that is messing up all the good in your life? Maybe you're good at business. Maybe you're good at finances. Maybe you're good here at church. Maybe you're good with your kids. Maybe you're good with your family. Maybe you can outwork and you can out-hustle anybody around you. Right? You're doing all these good and great things, but there's that one thing, that one thing that you dare not put on your resume, that one thing you dare not confess to your small group, that one thing that you, you don't want anybody to know about, but it is so heavy on your soul. It's just weighing you down. You know you got to deal with it. You know you got to try and fix it. You know that something's got to be done here, but you just can't do anything about it, that thing that keeps you up at night, that thing that keeps you from functioning properly, that thing that you don't want anyone to know about. And the more you try to hide it, the more you try to fight it, and the more you try to fix it on your own, the worse it gets. Anybody hearing me here today? And I beg you here today, church, I pray you would stop hiding and stop playing games with your sin. Listen, our sin, will, our, our sin will take us further than we ever wanted to go. It will keep us there longer than we ever intended to stay there. And it will cost us more than we ever intended to pay for it. Our, our sin will take us further down than we ever, ever, ever. I, I never dreamed in my wildest dreams that I'd be an alcoholic, been to jail 21 times, been to treatment 19 times, and been to prison three different times. Never. Growing up, I'm not like, that's not what I'm shooting for when I was growing up, right? But there I was. All because of, it wasn't all because of one thing, but most of it came because I couldn't stop drinking. I could not get, this, get a hold of my, 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 the, the, the problem that I, that I had. And I couldn't confess it. I couldn't tell anybody about it. I didn't think I could get help anywhere. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. That one small thing turned into a huge, huge thing. So we can't play games here at Crosspoint Church. I mean, we're here worshiping the God that can move mountains. We're here worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the one that spoke the world into existence, the one that healed the leper, the one that made the blind to see, the deaf to hear, even raised the dead to life. We're here worshiping the King of kings, church, and if he can move in their lives, he can work in our lives here today. Amen? Yeah. Right? The same God longs to set you free from whatever that thing is killing your soul here today. There is a cure, church, and a cure. the cure has a name, and his name is Jesus. I pray we run to him today. I pray we confess some stuff here today. I pray we get real and open and honest here today. There's going to be an invitation toward the end of this message. And I pray that some people will get up and move and do something with the gospel message. I'm tired of people just hearing about the Lord, hearing about healing, hearing about getting set and free, get, he, he, just, just hearing about bondages being broken off. I want to see it, church. I want to live it. I want you to live it. I want you to walk in it. I want, to walk, I want to watch people walk out of here in freedom today, not the same way they came in here, but completely changed. Not by me, but by Jesus. The same Jesus that's in here right now. So our boy has, our boy Naaman here, he has some leprosy. And as far as he knew, uh, as far as we know, leprosy had no cure in that day. And leprosy, leprosy wasn't just a, a thing that he, he couldn't get cured of. Leprosy kept people outside that so, so wanted to be inside. Like if you had leprosy, you were kicked out. You were kicked out of the town. Your family left you. Your friends deserted you. They didn't want to be around you because it was highly contagious. So I can't be around this person. So all the lepers would be kicked out of town, put in a leper colony. You guys ever heard that before? They were put in their own little place. And the only people they could have contact was with, was with other lepers. right? And if, and if you came to town or if you ever came across somebody that was, that was not a leper, you had to yell from the, because of the law of Moses, you had to yell, like if you got within 20 feet of somebody, you had to yell, unclean, unclean to that person. Telling them, don't come any closer. I'm filthy. I'm dirty. I'm nasty. You shouldn't be near me. It's like a real-life boogeyman church. So can you imagine the, the, the weight and the guilt and the shame that these people carried around with them? 
and Naaman here, trying, doing great things, doing mighty things, but he still has all this hanging, hanging over him. No contact with others except other lepers for fear of spreading this disease. And again, how many of us have felt like this because of our sin? Felt like an outcast, felt like I don't belong, felt like I shouldn't even be able to come to church. And because of my drinking, I avoided places just like this because I thought if I came here, I'm going to get condemnation. I'm going to be rejected. People are going to push me away. And I've already had enough of that in my life. Why would I want to come to church and feel that? And, and, and hopefully we, we don't feel that. But that's the, that's the wrong impression most people with those kind of things have when they think about coming here. One thing I love about Cross Point Church, every time I've come here, people love on me. Tattooed up, acting a fool, yelling at y'all. People still like, oh, I'm glad when you came. I'm like, dude, I yelled at you for 45 minutes. What are you glad I'm coming for? You're thinking me. You should be telling Steve, don't let that dude ever come back here and preach again. But y'all do it right. Y'all do well. You, 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 you open arms. You've accepted our family. Our kids go to your youth group. Our, our, our oldest son went to, has, has great friends here from the youth group from when he, from when he was here. But my youngest son yesterday at y'all's thing came up to me and he goes, Hezekiah, youngest son, love him to death. He goes, he goes, Dad, Pastor Justin is my favorite pastor. All right? I said, dude, you're going to have fun walking home. It's, it's going to be a long be a long trip, son, but you got to learn somehow. That dude ain't nothing compared to your dude right here, right? I'm playing. Pastor, <laughs> pastor Justin's a good dude. But I'm going to have a talk with Hezekiah. He's going through counseling, so he'll be all right. Don't, don't worry about him. I don't even know where I'm at. We're going, we'll get back to this. Um, so, so, so Naaman's reality, and, and Naaman's reality is that he can do nothing to fix the problems that he's got going on in his life. Nothing he could do. There seemed to be like no hope of ever getting better. But he was a leper, was the footnote to everything he would ever do and everything he would ever be. But he was a leper. And again, most of us can relate here. Verse 2. Now, the Syrians uh, on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. So here this little slave girl comes, just happened to be a Jewish, uh, a Jewish little girl, and she's a worshiper of the one true God, right, the one true God of Israel. Verse 3, so she says to her mistress, would that my Lord were, uh, w- would that my Lord were, were, were with the prophet uh, who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So this little slave girl comes under the care of Naaman's wife, and she's, she sees the plight of Naaman, sees his suffering, sees the sores, sees everything that he's dealing with, and she here remembers the old prophet of her people, and she offers here some hope where there once was none. And it, it, isn't it awesome when somebody comes into your situation and speaks hope into a hopeless situation, someone that speaks help into a helpless situation. That's what this little girl does. Man, she, she comes here and she, 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 she could not help Naaman herself, but she knew somebody. Amen? She had a, she had a hookup, and so do you, church. Right? We, we, we got a hookup. We have a Jesus Christ. We have a connection that can change things, a connection that can turn things around, a Savior who can speak and make all things new. And this little girl had a connection that could change this man's whole life, could change his whole situation, could, whole, could, could really rewrite the whole story of his life. She knew somebody that knew somebody. Amen? And think about us. How many of us are here today because somebody knew somebody that knew somebody? Right? Saw us in our state, saw us in our addiction, saw us in our need, saw us in our destruction, and they took us to see someone. They took us to see Jesus. They didn't just take us to church. Again, this church has no power to do anything in our lives. But Jesus, Jesus has 
the power. And that's exactly what happened in my life, man. Somebody introduced, my mom introduced me to Jesus. My mom kept presenting the gospel message to me. My mom kept praying for me. My mom over and over again kept bringing men into my life that would pour into me. Even when I wasn't listening, <clears throat> she kept introducing me to people that kept introducing me to Jesus. So listen, church, you better know somebody that knows somebody. Amen? Somebody that will call upon the name of the Lord. Someone who prays to God, to the God who hears and answers our prayers at Cross Point Church. If you're here and you are saved here today, you are that someone. You are that little girl. You are the one that people are going to come to. And you can point them to the one that can change their life. You're the, one, you're, you're the one that should point them to hope. You're the one that should point them to the help. You're the one that should bring them here to hear the gospel message. You don't have to present the gospel. You don't got to preach to them. You don't even got to yell at them. Bring them here. Steve will do that for you. Steve will do all that, right? Just bring him here. Bring him small group. Bring him to the, th the events like y'all had, had last night, right? We have the answer church, and the answer is not a program. The answer is not a plan. The answer is not a pattern. The answer is a person, and his name is Jesus. Verse 4. So Naaman went and told his Lord, thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent you Naaman to my servant, Naaman my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. Now, here's the deal. Naaman goes and tells his boss, tells him the story, tells the king the story. And the king of Syria sends Naaman to the king of Israel. But look, that's not what the little girl told him to do. Little girl didn't say go to, go, go to the king. Little girl said go to the prophet. You guys check, track with me here? Nothing was brought up about going to the king. Everything was about going to the prophet. She said go to the prophet in, in Israel, not to the king in Israel. And the king had some power, but the king could do nothing to cure Naaman of his leprosy. And here's what, we, here's what we're seeing here, church. Here's the problem, not to get all political on y'all, but let me get political for you for a second. Naaman went to the federal government to solve a spiritual issue. Naaman went to the, to, to the, to the, to the government to cure the spiritual issue and the spiritual battle he's having. And how much of our country is in a wreck right now because we're going to the federal government to help us with some spiritual problems. Amen? I don't care if you vote this way or if you vote that way. I, truthfully, I, I could care less. Because listen to me, church, the answer is not going to come from the White House. The answer is going to come from God's house. We have the answer. And when we should start running here with our problems instead of running there to these fools who don't even believe in God, church. What are we doing chasing down the government to answer spiritual problems, right? He goes to the king with a bunch of money and a bunch of clothes and a bunch of robes and a bunch of gold and a bunch of silver. And he's essentially trying to throw a bunch of money at the problem he has to solve this crazy problem. I mean, you ever been there? Just throw a little bit of money at it. Just buy your way out of it. Just, 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 and listen, money's a great tool, but it ain't going to buy your way out of a spiritual problem, right? Money is, is, is a great tool, but it's not going to help us in spiritual battles and all the money in the world ain't going to fix the problem that Naaman has here. Because if money was a solution, Naaman would have already been healed. He had the king of Syria behind him. All the money was, was, was at his hand. It was not going to fix him. It just, 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 it, the thought was, I'm just going to buy my way out of the solution. But the poor slave girl with nothing knew where the true answer was. The only, that only the Lord could help this man 
here. And so again, when life gets crazy, when storms come on the horizon, and they will, maybe you're coasting through life right now, and praise the Lord for that. But listen, you're either in one of three places right now. You're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm right now. And sometimes you're in all three at once. Just, just, you don't even know what's going on. I mean, I get to turn around, just like, man, Lord, chill out a little bit. I, mean, I get it, right? So if you're coasting right now, no, praise the Lord, thank the Lord, bless the Lord for that. But listen, a storm is coming. There's some, there's, some, there's, some, there's some clouds out there on the horizon, and they are coming. So we need to be prepared, church. We need to have some answers. We need to have a, a toolbox ready to, to combat these, these storms. Listen, when they do come, you better have someone in your life that may not have a lot of fame, a lot of, a lot of fortune, a lot of notoriety. They may not have a lot of money, but you know someone that knows someone. And that person can take you to someone who can offer you a divine deliverance. Not a man-made solution, but someone who can call down a prayer from heaven, right? A person, uh, not of presence, but a person that can call down the very presence of the living God into your situation. Again, this is a spiritual problem. Leprosy was incurable. So if a man could have fixed it, it would have been done. It would have been taken care of. Naaman wouldn't be where he's at right now. But man couldn't fix it. Money couldn't fix his problem, right? So, 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 so we, all, we all need something more than man-made solutions to fix our spiritual problems. And again, we have the solution. His name is Jesus, verse 7. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? Because this is a, this is a life and death situation for our man Naaman here. He's like, man, I ain't got that kind of power. Don't even bring that. Don't, don't, what, are you, what are you doing bringing that to me? Right? That this man sends words to me to cure a man of his leprosy. Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. So the king of Israel is tripping here. He's like, man, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Don't even bring that to me. This is not, this is not, this is not my, my, my table. This is, where I, this is not where I should, should be. He's like, why are you coming at me? I'm just a king. But Elisha, Elisha, the prophet of God, gets wind of what's going on. He hears probably the king is in, a, in an uproar. That leads us to verse 8. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes... He sent to the king, saying, why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. So Elisha comes to, so Naaman comes to Elisha's crib, and he's like, let's do this thing, right? I'm ready. Knocks the table, he knocks at the door, he's ready to go. Waits for the great mighty prophet to come and perform some kind of seance to kind of heal him. Naaman's got, Naaman's got how it's going to work out in his mind. You ever do that? You ever come to God and you're like, okay, God, this is how we're going to do this, all right? We're going to do it like this. If you move over here and if you do it at this time and about this time of the day, about this hour, then, then we'll move forward. And God's like, bro, you, you're tripping. You don't even, you, 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 you and I, we, we know nothing of what the infinite wisdom that God has. Let's stop bringing our little little petitions to the Lord and how, telling the Lord how he's going to do things and, and just let the Lord be the Lord, Amen. Verse 10, and Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. So here's the, door. Here's the deal again. This is not how Naaman saw it going down, right? Verse 11, but Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold, I thought, everybody say, I thought. I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. So Naaman is basically letting his pride get in the way of his breakthrough. It's like, I thought it was, he, he, Naaman's basically all like this. Doesn't this dude, doesn't this prophet know who I am? 
Doesn't he know who he's talking to, the great and mighty captain of the army of Syria? I should be treated with honor and dignity, but this man of God, he won't even come and answer the door. He won't even come in and look at me. I've never even seen this dude. He's just going to tell me what to do. He should be standing right in front of me. Doesn't this dude know who I am? And listen, church, you ever think that the Lord is going to answer your prayer in one way and it comes out in a completely different way? It happens to me all the time, right? Like, 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 like when we do this, when we, when we kind of tell God or when we program what's going to happen for God, who's really being God there, church? Who's really, why don't we let God be God? Are not his ways and his wisdom greater than ours? He's infinite and we are finite. Let us all remember in these situations, Psalm 115, verse 3, which said, our Lord is in heaven and he does what he pleases. Our Lord is in heaven, and he put that in your theology, church. Right? They're not, they don't tell you that when you come into the church. Right? This is what salvation looks like. Our God is in heaven, and he does what he pleases. I need to have that tattooed on me somewhere because I, I just need, like, and if you need it, I know a hookup, so just, just hit me up after. <laughs> hit me. <laughs> hit me up afterwards. We'll get that taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Verse 12. Are not, I don't even know how to say these names, so we're just going to go for it. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And Naaman here, he hears the word of the prophet, and he's like, man, the, the, are not the rivers in my own country cleaner than this river that this dude wants me to go dip in? Are not, are the, couldn't, couldn't I go back home where we were and, and find a much Better place, much better water, much cleaner water. I'm not going to go dip myself in some nasty old Jordan River. But look, didn't, didn't Naaman come to see the prophet because he was dirty? And now he's complaining about the dirty water that's over there. And how many of us as we came into the church, dirty, filthy, nasty, sin-stained. We came in here and we started pointing out all the things wrong in the church. I shouldn't be over there. They shouldn't be singing that song. Why is that drummer playing so loud? What's that fool doing up there? And why is he wearing Chuck Taylors on stage? <laughs> when we came in just jacked up inside, trying to, tell, trying to tell the Lord how things should go. To name in the Jordan River was just a dirty old river. But to Elisha, to Elisha, the Jordan was a place where the Lord showed up and showed off. The Jordan was a place where the Lord did the miraculous over and over and over and over again, and the Jordan holds significance in the Bible. Where did Jesus get baptized? Jordan. So many great, when the people of Israel cross over, the, 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 the priests have to, to come to the river, and, they, and they, 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 they part the waters of the Jordan, walk across. So much good things happen by God in the Jordan River, but, but to, to, to name it, it's just a dirty old river. More often than not, church, the, the, the Lord shows up, more often in my life, more often than not in my life, and more often than not, when I read the Bible, the Lord shows up not where I expect him to, but where I completely did not expect him to. God shows up in coffee shops, tattoo shops, an alley in OB, over a meal, over a phone call. We wrongly think that the only place that the Lord is going to show up is here. Like this is like, like we got a monopoly of, of the Lord in this church and in this building for two hours a week. That's the only time the Lord's going to move. That's the only time the Lord's going to heal. That's the only time the Lord's going to do something is right here because we got worship, we got lights, we got a fog. Y'all got a fog machine up in this mug? If, if you do, it should have came. It should have came on when I came up here. But anyway, we, we only expect we only expect the Lord to move here. We got programmed into thinking God's only going to move here on Sunday mornings. When God is so much bigger than this church, and I'm not saying anything wrong against this church, but God is so much bigger than the church. Right, the whole earth. The, 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 the psalm would say in Psalm 24, the whole earth is the Lord. 
All of it. He wants to work in every nook and every cranny, every place, every city, every alley, even the most disgusting places you can think. Man, the Lord saved me in a jail cell when I was drunk out of my mind and high as a kite. Dirty, nasty, orange suit on, concrete bed, nothing to, I didn't have nothing to my name. And God came into that room and saved me, gave me a whole new direction, a whole new plan, and a whole new purpose in my life. Tell me God can't move somewhere where it looks dirty and looks filthy. Don't give up on the Lord, church. He's going to move. Will, 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 we, will we respond when God shows up where we least expected him? I think we're just missing out a lot of times, too, man. We're going in these places. We're not even looking or expecting God to move. And we're missing divine appointments, church. We're, we're, we, 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 we program God, and we think he's only going to do here or here or here. But, man, God wants to move in all these places, church, wherever he takes us. Verse 13. But his servants, speaking of Naaman's servants here, his servants came near and said to him, My father, uh, it is a great word that the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? He is actually said to wash and be clean. And Naaman's servants, they start to call him out. They're like, dude, if, if, if the prophet would have told you something very, very, very hard to do, you would have surely done it. If he would have said you had to climb this mountain and go to these great heights or do this great crazy thing, you would have surely done it. But here he's now just telling you, go dip in this water. Go dip yourself seven times in the, in the Jordan River. And now you're tripping and you won't accept what you came here to get? You came here to get clean and, and he's given you the path. He's given you the way. And you're not, you, you, because it didn't fit what you thought it was going to look like or how it was going to go, you, you, you're, 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 you're completely denying it. Man, listen, church, don't ever let your dignity keep you from your deliverance. Let me say that again real, real loud for the people in the back. Don't let your dignity keep you from your deliverance. Amen? Somebody should tweet that. Send that to Pastor Steve and be like, this dude's on fire today, right? <laughs> listen, listen. Until our obedience and our wills are submitted to the Lord, we will never see or we will never feel the supernatural healings that we are so longing to experience. Until we submit fully to the Lord... Don't expect him to move. He, he, certainly he can still move. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. But how much better is it when we submit fully to him? How often have we let pride and ego get in the way of our Lord's good and mighty work? How long ha have we let our pride, our ego get in the way? Like, like, like if you hear God calling you today, if God is speaking to you through this message, not me speaking to you, but if you hear God speaking to you in this message here today, I pray that at the end that you will move, you will get up, you will do something, you will humble yourself, you will get some prayer, church. Right? And again, there will be a chance for this in a, in a minute here. But for most of us, most of us, especially if you've been in, in church for a little bit longer than, 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 than anybody else, man, we're like, oh, man, I know I need it. I know I want it. I know I should move. But everyone will see me. And if I go up there and get prayed for, if I come to the altar, if I start to shed a tear or two, if I start to move and, and, and do what the pastor is actually calling me to do, and, and more importantly, if I start to do what God is calling me to do, then everybody in this church is going to think I don't have it all together. Listen to me, church, because I love you. There is not one person in this place here today that thinks you got it all together. <laughs> no one. Nobody's like, man, that dude is put together. All right, that, she came in here. She is killing it. Nothing wrong with that girl. We're all jacked up, church. We're all got, we all got messes. We all got something going on in, in our lives. There's not one person that's going to be offended or shocked if you got up and got prayed for here today. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I can't believe Jason got prayed for today. <laughs> Praise the Lord he got prayed for today. Amen? Right? Don't, don't, don't we all need some 
Don't we all need some prayer in this place, right? Nobody's going to be offended, man. That's why we're all here. That's why we're all broken. We're all jacked up in one way or another. But we need to go to the Lord Church, and we can go to the Lord Church. We don't have to suffer alone. We don't have to continue down this, this path of heartache and pain. We can call upon the mighty name of Jesus in this place, church. Man, I beg you, get over yourself, and you will fully and, and finally submit to the Lord so you can get delivered up in this place to obey God's call here and to humble ourselves under his mighty hand that he might heal us. He might heal us. And this is where Naaman finally lands, verse 14. So he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. That's obedience. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Praise the Lord. Listen to me, church. We need to stop arguing with God's word, and we need to start submitting to it. We need to stop just hearing from the Lord and then still doing our own thing. You never see that in the Bible, right? And if you do, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good point that the Bible's trying to make, right? God calls us to, to trust and believe in him, but also to follow him, to be obedient to what he says. Do this, do this, and do this. And most of us, we're, reading, we're, not, we're, 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 we're good hearers of the word, but we're horrible doers of the word. Right? James says, be hearers of the word, but also doers, not, uh, uh, so you won't deceive yourselves. Most of us are deceiving ourselves. We're hearing it. We're saying yes. We're saying amen. There's a bunch of cows. But like, you ever, you ever notice this? You go to church and people are like, mmm. Like, that pastor makes a good point. Got a bunch of cows in the church. Everybody's mooing. Mmm, that's a good one right there. I'm going to write that down. A lot of that. But then we leave here, and that's as far as it goes, church. That's as far as we take it. Right? And, 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 it's, and it's not that, I'm, again, it's not that I'm going to say something that's going to change your life. If you're writing some notes, praise the Lord, but it's not, again, it's not me. It's, it's, it's the spirit of God living in this place. It's the spirit of God that we, as we read this, this book, it's the spirit of God that is speaking to your soul right now. That's what's going to change you. Will, you. will you do what the spirit of God is prompting you to do? Because just hearing it won't change anything in your life. Most of us have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full of notes that we've taken to church and have done nothing with them. And I'm not against taking notes. I'm a note-taking fool. But if, if all you do is writing stuff down but not applying it to your life, what are we doing? What are we doing, church? We need to stop arguing with God's word and start submitting to it. We need to stop hearing from the Lord but still trying to fix the problem on our own. We need to bow the knee to the word of God and to the commands of God. And as we do, God is faithful, church, and he will do what he has said. If God promised it, he will do it. You can count on that more than you can count on anything else, church. God is Faithful. So here, Naaman obeys the word of the prophet. He does what at first he did not want to do, and he does what he did not even understand. And there will be times where God calls you to do something, and you will have no idea how this is ever going to work out. He's going to be like, you need to go do this. You know, like, I need to go do, do what? How's that going to help? How's that going to fix anything? Right? And instead of arguing with God, how about we just do it? He's God. I'm not. Let's just do what he, said, what, what, what he says. He, he, he does what at first he did not want to do, and he does what he didn't even understand. But here he obeys the Lord, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Listen to me, Crosspoint Church. You want to be restored here today? You want to be made clean here today? You want to be delivered here today? You want to be, see God move in your life once again like he did 10 years ago, but you're so longing to see it and to feel it again here today? You want freedom and victory over your sin here today? It's time that we dip in the Jordan Crosspoint Church. It's time that we obey the Lord fully and finally. It's time that we stop worrying about what others think about us and, and start believing what the Lord has said about you. 
that you are called, that you are redeemed, that you are rescued, that you are his son and you are his daughter. You are his, his, his beloved. He has bought you with his own son's precious blood. You are purchased. You are ransomed. You are adopted into the family of God. You are an heir, church. You are a royal priesthood. That's who we are. Tell that fool that keeps telling you all this other stuff that that's not who I am anymore. That's who I was. But I know who I am here today. Name his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, man. You ever felt a baby skin? Smooth as butter, right? I'd love some skin like that again right now. I've been in the sun way too long. But listen, name his flesh before this. Name his flesh and his skin was a mess. Sores, boils, scars, pus coming out, just, just shots out. But the Lord didn't just clean him up. The Lord didn't just kind of wash him and give him a bath. No, no, no. The Lord restored him to a time before his skin was ever broken. Took him all the way back to before he ever had leprosy before. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do with us here today. Take us back to a place before I ever had that struggle, to a place before I ever had that sin that was just, 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 just ruining my life. Restore us back to where he originally had us, church. To the right place where we truly Belong. The Lord restored him to a time before he was ever broken. And I believe again here today, church, right at this very minute, I believe that the Lord wants to do the same thing inside each and every one of us sitting in this room, right? That he, he wants to do something in us. We, we have something that Naaman and Elijah did not have. They, 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 they'd heard about, they looked for, they longed for, but we have it here today, church. We have the very presence of Jesus with us right here and right now. And the Lord Jesus does, does not just want to wash us with the rivers, uh, the, the, the waters of the Jordan. The, the, the Lord is not calling us to jump into the Jordan. He didn't want to want to wash us with the, with, the, with the Jordan River. No, the Lord Jesus wants to wash us with his precious blood, church. This is a, this is a, a foreshadow of what's going to come when Christ dies and is resurrected and is ascending into heaven for me and you. This is a picture, a foretaste of what would come and the, the, the fullness has now come for me and you. The scripture tells us that the blood of Jesus washes away our sins. What can wash away my sin? I was going to sing that, but y'all would have ran if I would have sang that, right? Listen, the blood of Jesus gives us forgiveness. The blood of Jesus makes us new. The blood of Jesus brought us into the very family of God. God wants to wash us in his son's precious blood here today. So what is your leprosy? What's your leprosy, church? What's that one thing so wrong in your life that it is wrecking everything that is so good? What's that sin? What's that struggle? What's that thing that you know you can't fix, that you know you, make, you can't make go away, that thing that you've been working on and working on and working on and working on, but it just gets worse and worse and worse, I believe that the Lord is calling us today to get up, come here, and get washed, to come jump off the, into the river of his grace and his mercy and in his forgiveness. The gospel demands a response, church. Will we respond to the Lord here today? Or will we continue to come here and play church? Will we, will we continue to come here and just sit in the, in the chairs and think, man, this is a great message for her. This is a great message for him. But to fail to realize that this message is for me and you. This message is for me. In you, the Lord right now has compassion and love and grace and forgiveness. Right now, the Lord knows what you are struggling with, and the Lord knows exactly what you need to get through it. The Lord knows right now what your leprosy is. He's got all the power and all the strength and all the resources to get me and you through it right here, right now, today. Will we respond, church? Would you bow with me? Our good and gracious Father, Lord, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for this word. I thank you for the, the mighty picture that you painted for us here today. 
Lord, I pray Lord, I pray we would respond to you. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would move us so much that it would move us out of our seats and we would respond to you here today. Lord, I pray that bondages would be broken. Lord, I pray that chains would be ripped off. Lord, I pray that the dead clothes that we wore into this place would be replaced by your clothing us in your righteousness. Lord, help us to know that you love us. Lord, help us to know that you know everything about us and you still call us yours. Bless us in this place, Lord. Touch us in this place. Help us to move. Help us to hear your voice. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. 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 Love you guys. Thank you, Mark. Um, Right now, I'm going to have the worship team come on up here. And just thinking right now in these moments of uh, whatever it is that you came in, and whether it's your first time or you're just coming back for a long time, that there's something that God has for you. And whatever it is, we have a prayer team in the back. And just like Pastor Mark said, don't be afraid to go back there. They're here and they want to intercede for you. They want to pray for you. They want to be there for you. And if it gets too full, which it might, and praise God, find someone to pray with you. Don't let whatever God just impressed on your heart to go away. We have a baptism afterwards. Um, Yeah. And just in that, if there's something that you guys feel like right now, like this is the next step that God's called me to, but I'm scared, what if I'm too old, what if people, whatever it is, if that's a feeling that you have in your heart, right in the back, Katie Adato, she's got a pink shirt on, please go and talk to her. We have, we've thought of everything, we have new clothes for you, we have towels, like there's no excuse to not do if that's something that God's called on your heart right now to do today. Um, I don't know if it is, but if it is, hallelujah, right, and let's go for it. And so then um, we have communion for you guys, just like that blood that he was talking about. That's what we do as Christians, to remember what God did for us. He says to, to um, break this bread in remembrance of my body broken for you, and this blood, the blood that covers the sin of us and redeems us to do this as often as you can. And we have it in the four corners of the room, and we invite you to join all of us during worship to take that opportunity. God is good, guys. God is so good. Do not miss an opportunity to remember what Jesus Christ has done for you. Lord, you search me how you know you perceive my every thought from afar And all my wandering Still you love me The King of glory You pursue my anxious heart Even when I'm not your faithful Even when I doubt your truth holds even when I'm lost, you won't let me go. When my heart is dry, your grace flows. No matter where I run, I'm not far from home. Yeah, I may be weak, but you're able. Even when I'm not 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For more resources, check out go to crosspoint.com.